Exactly Wrong, Democrats and Human Sexuality By Rick Turnquist What I've said is that the LGBT movement, which the pride flag represents, is a far-left ideological movement which stands for many horrid, terrible, evil things. It stands for the sexual grooming of children at drag shows and at school. It stands for the mutilation and castration of children and adults. It stands for the rejection of basic reality and a war on the family and common sense and sanity. Daily Wire commentator Matt Walsh, podcast episode number 1213, August 25, 2023, at 28,18. Well, here's a topic I never wanted to write about. Unfortunately, I have to because I'm on a mission to describe how today's Democrat Party is exactly wrong on so many things, and nothing is more integral to who we are as living human beings than our biology and how we reproduce. This is also the topic that is guaranteed to provoke strong emotions on either side of the debate because it is so viscerally important to us. I'm going to say up front that I don't fear or hate anyone. If I have any emotion toward any individual who may identify as part of the LGBTQIA continuum, it is empathy and concern for their well-being and love if it is a person close to me. Outside of that group, I might feel anger toward the T activists who threaten violence, including death threats, to anybody who disagrees with them. While human sexuality is important to us as adults, it's even more important what children, who represent the next generations and the continuation of the human race, are taught. In my opinion no other front in the culture wars is more consequential, and everything else is a corollary of this fight. Because, by their gender-bending ideology, modern leftists, also known as progressives, have declared war on reality itself, along with their war on our modern life. So let's jump in, and I'll try not to let it get too icky. Science Science, along with hero, is one of the most used and abused words in the English language today. So we can be clear, I am going to start by defining science. According to the Science Council, science is the pursuit and application of knowledge and understanding of the natural and social world following a systematic methodology based on evidence. Scientific methodology includes the following. Objective observation, measurement and data, possibly using mathematics as a tool. Evidence. Experiment and or observation as benchmarks for testing hypotheses. Induction, reasoning to establish general rules or conclusions drawn from facts or examples. Repetition. Critical analysis. Verification and testing, critical exposure to scrutiny, peer review, and assessment. I would add, an integral element of science is questioning and challenging the prevailing or generally accepted viewpoints. For this reason, there is no such thing as settled science. By definition, science can never be settled. In a world where words mean things, those words can mean only those things that they are generally accepted to mean. For example, a tree is not a fish. According to www.dictionary.com, biology is a branch of science that deals with the science of life or living matter in all its forms and phenomena, especially with reference to origin, growth, reproduction, structure, and behavior. According to the branch of science known as biology, two types of organisms are required for reproduction. Those two types have been designated as sexes, or sex singular, and the act of reproduction is also referred to as sex. 
These two types represent a binary, an organism is either one or the other, and they are defined by the types of gametes, sexual reproduction cells, they are capable of producing, by their chromosomes and by organs referred to as genitalia. Note that gender, as applied to human sexuality, is an entirely made-up concept. The concept of gender is part of language, not biology. There are only two types of gametes for reproduction, not three, four, or fifty-seven. Hence, when applied to human beings or other animals, words such as non-binary are meaningless. In the real world, a male human being has a pair of XY chromosomes and a distinct set of reproductive organs. A female human being has a pair of XX chromosomes and a distinct yet different set of reproductive organs. In order for reproduction to take place, gametes provided by the male, called sperm, combine with gametes provided by the female, called ova, to create a new life, known as an embryo, later as a fetus. Note that it is impossible for two sets of sperm cells or ova cells to combine to create an embryo, nor can either alone somehow create an embryo. In mammals it is usually the female that carries the new life. It is also most often the female who provides the initial nourishment and nurturing of the new life. For these reasons, throughout world history in the animal kingdom, the basic building blocks of reproduction have been male-slash-female pairs. Because the drive to reproduce is central to how we are wired, the urge to attract and combine with the opposite sex has always been one of our strongest urges and is the driver of so much of what it means to be a living organism. Transgender activists insist that a person can somehow be the opposite sex. While denying the validity of the binary concept, they inadvertently affirm it by saying someone can be the opposite. They say that if a girl feels like she is a boy, of course, a girl has no way of knowing how a boy feels, because she isn't one, they will affirm her feeling as if it is reality, and what's more, they will advocate that the child take permanent life-altering drugs to delay puberty and alter the physical changes that result from growing into an adult. Taking it even further, they advocate that the child undergo surgery to physically alter her body by removing and altering normal, healthy tissues and organs to create a poor facsimile of the imagined or desired thing. Look at it this way. It is the nature of human beings to have two arms and two legs. What if there were a social contagion that convinced children that having two arms is a choice and that identifying as a one-armed person is completely normal and acceptable, and even desirable, which is exactly what LGBT activists try to do to children? Because this is true, to them, they advocate a surgery to amputate an arm. As an objective observer, you'd say that this is barbaric and insane, and you'd be correct. So-called gender-affirming surgeries are exactly the same thing and are equally barbaric and insane. The promotion and performance of these surgeries is unconscionable and should be illegal, as is already the case in so many states. Sadly, human society throughout history has been prone to social contagions, or mass delusions as I like to call them. Some of the more memorable ones include witch hunts, belief in a flat earth, and many others. Today's prominent mass delusions are the belief in man-made climate change and the idea that a person can change into the opposite of what they were born as, what they biologically and intrinsically are. The LGB part. I've talked about the T in the LGBTQ acronym, now let's talk about the LGB, which stands for lesbian, gay and bisexual. So lesbian and gay are the binary, if you will, sides of the same coin, attraction to and sex with others of the same sex. 
Bisexual folks are attracted to members of both sexes. From what I understand of history, homosexuality and bisexuality have always been a thing. Sometimes they have been openly embraced, sometimes they've been in the closet. While I have a libertarian attitude toward the LGB community, I ask that they respect those of us that are not in their community, just as they demand respect from us. Consenting adults can do what they want as long as it doesn't hurt others or infringe on their rights or involve minors. Just as I don't ask you to affirm or embrace my sexual preferences, don't demand that I affirm or embrace yours. Anything goes. The biological purpose for sex is for reproduction. In order to reproduce successfully, a male and a female have to engage in procreative activity. From the dawn of human history the primary unit for a reproductive pair in humans has been a male, man, and a female, woman. As far as I am aware, this holds true in the animal kingdom as well. For example, when I study birds, I know that there are male birds and female birds. I've never heard of transgender or gay birds. The reproductive pair is so important to us as a species that we have created an entire social construct around it. That construct is called marriage and it holds a special place in civil law and every religious tradition on the planet. A married couple produces children who it is their responsibility to raise, nurture, and train to be adults. This group of people is called a family and it is literally the bedrock of our society. Because the family is so integral to human civilization, the left is relentlessly attacking the family as part of their larger war on reality and modern living. Throughout the 1960s, they put several government programs in place in the name of fighting poverty that disincentivizes women from staying in marriages and incentivizes them to raise children by themselves. Generations of young men have been raised in single mother homes without a strong, positive male role model in their lives and the results have been horrendous. Many of these young men resort to crime and violence as a way of life, and the young women turn to government dependence by having their own children, and the cycle continues. Many of them turn to drugs and alcohol as an escape, which has adverse consequences as well. It's a human tragedy beyond description. The pathologies created by this perverse leftist agenda all tie together and reinforce each other, addiction, mental health problems, homelessness, poverty, violence, government dependence, and the inability to function in society. The left also attacks the traditional family in other ways. In modern entertainment, fathers are portrayed as evil, stupid, ineffectual, unnecessary, absent, or any combination of these. Women are encouraged to be strong, successful, and single. To them, a single, childless career woman is lionized, a stay-at-home mother is somehow not as cool. But even worse than this is how the left seeks to legitimize and promote just about any manner of sexual deviance and fetish. Keeping in mind that the purpose of sex is reproduction and pleasure, there sure are a lot of sexual practices that are degrading, hurtful, and harmful. When an LGBT activist attempts to condition schoolchildren into that lifestyle and exhorts them not to tell their parents, it is no different than a pedophile attempting to groom a victim. And indeed, some on the left are attempting to normalize and legitimize pedophilia as part of their anything-goes nihilism. Their insistence on sexual performances in front of children aka family-friendly drag queen shows is just another aspect of this. When I think back to when I was a child, I know that I would have been horrified, 
scared, and confused if I had been exposed to a family-friendly drag show where grown men dress in female attire, bondage and other fetish gear and garments that reveal and even accentuate body parts that are normally kept under cover, not to mention the dog masks. The younger the child, the worse the damage. Let's be clear, if adult males want to play dress-up and put on sex shows in front of each other, fine. Don't expect me to attend and keep it away from the kids. There are already laws, rules and regulations that seek to prevent minors from having access to pornography. Prohibiting sexual performances of any kind in front of children is exactly the same principle. Finally, the vast majority of people living in the world today identify as heterosexual men and women because that's what they are. Only a small, small percentage identify as gay and an even smaller percentage identifies as transsexual. Yet this tiny minority is loudly demanding that we completely uproot society and how human societies have been ordered for literally thousands of years in order to accommodate them. My least favorite subject. No discussion of human sexuality and reproduction would be complete without talking about my personal least favorite subject, abortion. I've made it clear on multiple occasions that I hate abortion, the act itself, how the left glorifies and defends it, and how it, in my opinion, is the issue that will be the downfall of the United States of America. Why? Because, whether we like it or not, most people in America think that a woman should have the ability to terminate a pregnancy in the early stages. As the pregnancy continues that support declines, to the point that most Americans oppose late-term abortions. Yet the Democrat Party insists that abortion is health care and demands that a woman should be able to terminate a pregnancy literally up to the moment before birth and have taxpayers pay for it too. Democrats will ruthlessly punish any of their politicians who express support for any kind of limits on abortion. On the right, Republican purists insist on a total abortion ban, often not even allowing an exception for the life of the mother. Similarly, Republican primary voters will not support any politician who is not unequivocally 100% pro-life. Because the two parties are so diametrically opposed, people for whom this one issue is the most important thing will vote for the party that supports their view no matter what else they may like or dislike about that party's policy stances. For example, a woman who strongly believes that she should be able to terminate an unwanted pregnancy will vote Democrat even if she believes in limited government, personal and fiscal responsibility, secure borders, reality when it comes to human sexuality and a strong national defense. After Roe v. Wade was struck down, and rightly so, the issue has gone to the states. And we've seen in state elections since then that there is tolerance and even demand for some level of limited abortion access. And because of this, people who might not support Democrats otherwise will vote for them, leading Republicans as a minority party and our country in increasing decline. Getting more conservative justices on the Supreme Court was a compelling reason for many who had doubts about candidate Trump to vote for him in 2016. Expanding, or reinstating, abortion access will be an equally compelling reason for many to vote for Democrats next year. And, because Democrats are exactly wrong on so many things, the decline and fall of the great American experiment will continue and even accelerate. I'm not sure what will be left of our once great nation if we get more of President Biden or even more frightening, President Kamala Harris over the next five years. Though Republican like your life depends on it. It is for these reasons that I implore, 
exhort, encourage, and hope that every person who cares about preserving what little remains of our constitutional republic will vote for viable Republican candidates and no matter their views on abortion. I know that many will disagree with me, but we have to allow for nuance on this issue. I say, unless we save our country, abortion won't matter because we will be leading a bleak, dark future to the children who do manage to be born. Ideologically sound Republicans are the last, best hope for America. We need to recruit, train, support and elect principled Republicans up and down the ticket and hold them accountable to the principles they say they believe in. Elected Republicans who don't hold the line on issues like family-friendly drag shows or school curriculums should be loudly criticized and primaried in the next election. The Democrats enforce discipline in their caucus. We need to as well. Time's running out. Stand for reality and the true nature of human sexuality. Our future literally depends on it.